The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG brand management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Freak God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey, bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted. Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes in a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV Fitness Foodie experience, visit Zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit Zorosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on podbeam.com and visit patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. The force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Execute, 
Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, and all you Transdotions as well, because this is an inclusive podcast to another action-packed, fully stacked, totally Cuban coffee jack edition of the new force order podcast we're star wars podcast and if you've not realized that on the 110th episode then i got sorry news for you sunshine there's no hope for you and doc for those who don't have hope what's going down besides my dog barking in the background that Wolf, 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 Apollo's barking. Uh, there's a. You can't build a rebellion. That's right. You build a doghouse, throw Apollo in. You can't build a goddamn rebellion. Because you ain't got no hope, kid. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Welcome. I'm one third of your hosts. I am a professional. Professional wrestler. Bubba. Multi-time champion in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars aficionado. I am the Greek god Papadon, a.k.a. your boy, GGP. To the Greek, Greek god. Now, alongside with me, I have the distinct honor and pleasure. Before we enter the podcast, he hit us with the secret knock, gave us the secret code word, all the way from the Witness Protection Program on Exegol. You know what a hey yo big introduce yourself. Hey yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the Dark Lord of the Podcast, the Sith Ari, the Rampaging Revan Kiss, the Butcher, your boy Dark Spirit on. And last, but certainly not least, because he's always number one in your heart, is the man with the plan. No, his name's not Stan. He's hot. That's why you need a fan. He's the man with the kung fu grip who likes to steal your girl, but gets off on stealing your thunder. The medical droid, introduce yourself. I'm smarter than 21B, more technical than FX7. The god of stealing thunder while he was working on his tan in Miami this week. And the man whose soul and heart is darker than Darth Vader's armor. Talk to destroy him, Alex Rulo. Very, very nice. Ladies and gentlemen, another week has transpired. Some news has dropped this week. We're uh, one week closer to May 4th, and that means the Bad Batch is coming. And uh, I'm going to be the first one to tell you guys, we are not mentioning anything regarding spoilers of any of the episodes. Because I stayed away from everything. I want to be fully surprised. But... One thing I will let all you people out there know, all six of our fans, is that there's a gentleman. You may know him as the Lord and Savior of Star Wars, the heir apparent to the throne. His name is David Filoni. He likes to wear a cowboy hat. But he's also going to be on national television next week, uh, Good Morning America. And he will be talking about the Bad Batch and the premiere. So, Doc. What are your expectations regarding Good Morning America and Dave Filoni? 
Uh, slim to none because the show usually sucks and they'll ask some softball questions and I'll answer with, just watch the show. It's going to be fantastic. It's great. It's my vision of Star Wars and well, bullshit like that. But yeah, whatever. I'll probably DVR it and watch it six months from now. <laughs> uh, I'm excited about the Bad Batch. Um, I'm looking forward to it. First episode, I think it's 75 minutes long. So to me, that's remarkable. But again, we're not going to get into rumors and speculation or sexual Nintendo's regarding the Bad Batch. Because I want everybody who's watching it to be enthralled in the moment, to be surprised, and to appreciate the series for what it is. And that is a continuation of Star Wars animation, but also a continuation of the time period after the Clone Wars. So um, all more news came out uh, this week recently. About your friend and my friend, not Hurricane Helm's friend, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the series itself. He decided to tell people that the Kenobi series feels a lot more real than the prequels did. And that he spent two and a half hours for months, every day, for months, the past few months, studying lightsaber dueling techniques, uh, spots, if you will, and hand-to-hand combat to just prepare and get ready for this show. So, Doc, does that tickle your taint? Are you a happy uh, little camper? Well, I hope he did. I mean, um, first of all, he's probably 20 years out of practice since uh, when was uh, um, Revenge of the Sith? 2003? Five? Five? Seven? Five? Twelve? Hike? 2001? I think it was three. Um, so you better. You're getting paid for this, bro. I mean, come on. But that does tip us off to the fact that there's going to be Lots of lightsaber stuff happening during the series, so... Gish, 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 gish. Exactly. What's better than lightsabers? More fucking lightsabers. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Kenobi... Speaking um, of Kenobi... Wa- speaking of Kenobi... Well, hold on a second here. Uh, another thing dropped about Kenobi. Um, the fact that uh, we got a new actress that's uh, been announced for the show. Was that where you're going with that, or no? Yes, Once again, the Lord maybe. of Stealing yes. Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the good part about it is I'm scrolling through our text messages and trying to figure out which brother was this. Who's got Maya Erskine. From Maya 10-15. Erskine. There you go. Perfect. She no has question. an engine named after her on the Bell Parkway. Nice. <laughs> Goddamn belt. Always full of traffic. Um, 1015 star and co-creator Maya Erskine is got casted to join the Mandalorian. Now, rumors are afoot that she might be playing Dr. Aphra. Mandalorian or in Kenobi? The Mandalorian. I'm sorry, in Kenobi. My mistake. Uh, and that she might be playing Dr. Aphra mm. in Kenobi. I don't know. That's what people are guessing. She actually looks a little like Chloe Bennett to begin with. Yeah, I mean, Chloe Bennett could be playing uh, Satine, like I originally heard. But who knows? But my question is this. Have you ever seen Pen15? Um. All I know is number two pencil, bro. That's it. Well, look, it's, it's PN15, right? If you mm-hmm. look at it real quick, it's, it almost looks like penis. Penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, they got some, some porn chick playing on this thing. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like penis creator. Oh, really? Anyhow. Um, <laughs> anyway, she, she's a good looking lady. Uh, from what I hear, she's a great actress. 
And um, this was this site deadline is the one that reported and broke the news. So that's more people that are jumping on board this Kenobi series. I, and I'm going to be honest with you people out there, all six of you. This is nothing. Um, I think the real bread and butter uh, has not been leaked out yet. I think we're going to see some situations. I've heard some rumors. I'm not going to dive into them because there's not a lot of merit behind it. But I wouldn't be surprised if we get to see a couple people from Star Wars itself that we weren't expecting to see in this series. And it only makes sense if they partake in it. So, you know, I'm excited, man. And I heard there's six episodes, not four, not not seven, not seven-minute abs. Six minute abs. There needs to be sixty six episodes. That's what needs to I'd be. be great, dude. That'd be great. That's but, uh, they're an hour long, so hopefully they're not like MCU hour where it's like twenty eight minutes of credits at the end. You know what I mean, <laughs> dude? That pissed me off so much. It's like, oh, great, this episode super long, and then like, uh, why are there twelve minutes of credits? Yeah, no it's like exactly. But um, I want to introduce you guys to our segment here. It's called. Marky Mark and the Funky Tweets. Yeah. Can you feel it, baby? I can too. Now, it's full of good vibrations and sweet expectations. But I want everyone to know that this man is a national treasure. No, not my buddy Nick Aldis in the NWA, but Mark Hamill. Because he goes to this thing called Twitter. And he expresses himself in a certain amount of characters. Is it 140 or is it 240? I think it was initially. What was initially? How many characters initially? It's double I, whatever it was initially. Oh, whatever. Anyway, uh, let's, let's, speak, now. let's speak very vague. He does it in a certain amount of characters. And he gets his point across. And he uh, trends, like the kids like to say. And he actually makes some news. So there's a guy you have may heard of, Doc. I know I've heard of the guy. His name is James Gunn. Not Billy Gunn, not Tommy Gunn, but James Gunn. You know the guy? I do know the guy. He was the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy that actually got into a little bit of trouble at one point in his career with the mouse, but somehow still made to a fired and then rehired to make some movies. So, Well, you know what? Let's be fair here. Uh, the situation that went down with him was from a long time ago. It was bad jokes. Was it from a galaxy but, far, far away a long time ago? No, it wasn't from a galaxy far, far away, but he was forgiven, and now he's back. But I think the main reason why he's back is because his cast, you know, stood up for him and said, hey, if he's not coming back, we're not coming back. So he played a little hardball, and he won. So it'd be nice to see some of the Mandalorian cast do the same, but maybe they don't have to because we'll get down, we'll get down to that brass tax in a little bit regarding Gina Carano. But first, let's tackle this. Uh, James, James Gunn, he sent a picture via Twitter of the cover of the script for Guardians of the Galaxies 3, which is being called Guardians of the Galaxies Holiday Special. Mm. And the tweet said, this is the wrapping. The gift is inside. And then Mark Hamill responds, who's rumored to be playing in Guardians of the Galaxies 3 as some kind of character. Oh, uh, Hamill responds with a tweet saying, I have a very bad feeling about this. <laughs> Pop. Which is obviously a line from Star Wars and he chef's kiss. Mwah. Played it to perfection. So that 
Normally, we give you one tweet that he uh, that stands out from Mr. Hamill. And his, if you guys want to follow him, it's at, at Hamill himself. And tell him the NFO sent you. Right. But um, he also he also tweeted something else recently uh, this week. There's another actor, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Many people know who he is. Uh, he, boasted, he posted some concept art from Ralph McQuarrie about Chewbacca. And then... Hamill jumped on board, made the tweet his own by saying, uh, very early in the shooting of Star Wars, studios execs expressed deep concern that Chewie didn't wear any pants uh -huh. and suggested he wear a pair of letter hosens. That they will focus on this amidst all the grotesque elements in the script made us laugh and it made us a bit worry. Hashtag, hashtag true story. So the execs were a little bit worried that because he's just wearing a bandolero, he was too naked, and that they had to put him in letter later. <laughs> were they worried about his chukaka? <laughs> oh, Spiro, hit us with a chubaka. I find this a little uh, ridiculous, if you ask me, but. It isn't far fetched because the studio heads they uh they really don't know. They got the money, they got the power. First you got the money, then you got the power, Frank. But they really don't know. And luckily they didn't give Chewbacca any pants. They didn't give him any uh any uh clothing. And I think that adds to the character. What's your take? So they actually made one of Macquarie's Chewbacca um Initial sketches that uh, into a figure. They actually made a couple of uh, his initial sketches, like Yoda and Obi Wan and Luke. Um, and aside from the face looking a little kind of more alienish than than we know of the Chewie that we actually saw, they did have him in some kind of clothes. It didn't look terrible. I think if they would have went that way, it would have probably worked. Um, because it's not like Chewie was, you know, blasted all across the scene. And you saw him from the waist down a ton of times. Uh, I always thought it was kind of odd that he was naked. But then Alf was also naked, too. And, you know, so it's uh, there's been a lot of hairy guys that have been have been naked on television and or movies. So uh, whatever. He's a dog. He's covered in fur. Oh, oh he's Chewbacca. Yeah, he's not naked. That's his people. What if he got a heart on, though? What, what if he did? Get the peanut butter. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> oh, man. This show's already off the rails. Um, but speaking about the Wookiees, there's rumors going around that in season three of The Mandalorian, we're going to see more Wookiees. And this is coming from Bespin Bulletin. Um, I'm excited. I love Wookiees, and I think uh, I think we may see we may see uh, the bounty hunter, the um, chrysanthemum, whatever his name is, the black Wookiee that usually teamed with. Uh, uh, Why's it gotta be a black Wookiee photo? Because he's black. You know what I'm saying? I didn't make the color of the goddamn Wookiee. I, I didn't create the character, but. His name is, I think, Chrysanthemum, almost like the flower. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, Chris, yes, yeah, something like that. But uh, it's possible. I mean, he he would be a good uh, 
a good foil for the Mandalorian. Um, they could also go back and 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 into non-canon stuff right now, into some Shadow of the Empire shit, where there's a a bounty hunter that Chewbacca assumed the 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 uh, the the name of when he was trying to infiltrate to find out where Han was. Uh, Snuva as well. So there's they have a few options out there if they want to look for canicals, you know, potential canical stuff, or they could just completely go off the rails and do non wookies that we don't know yet and or maybe we could see lumpy back up back again you know what snoove is more over than revan so but um real briefly we mentioned about gina you know blowing a comeback and i don't know who comeback is but he's a lucky guy um what do we mean is this that um there was an article uh released by pirates and princess.net and then the, the article is called Gina Carano Uncancelled. So I'm just going to run through the article real briefly. Um, do it. Do it. Uh, so what happens is the backlash that she received from being canceled by Disney was intense. Now it seems Hollywood is walking back some of their positions on Gina Carano. Just yesterday, our chief editor and owner of Pirates and Princesses, Geeky Sparkles. That's the owner's name. Geeky yeah, Sparkles. Yeah, whatever. Okay, whatever. Snow- discovered Snowflake Twinkle Toes. Okay, keep going. Discovered Walmart was selling Gina Carano Cara Dune Star Wars yeah, merchandise. They are. So now Nat Geo is pulling back on the decision to ban the Running Wild episode featuring Miss Carano as well. With Bear, Bear, Bear Giles, whatever the guy's With name Bear is. Bear Grills. Yes, Grills, Grills, whatever. Um, so, so, so I saw this. So I saw a few people who found, because I follow a bunch of toy accounts, obviously, because I'm a toy head. And I found a bunch of people who, who, in the wild, saw the Gino Carano vintage, like old school Kenner figure that was solicited like eight months ago that we all thought was going to get canned because the, um, the Funko Pops got canned. And, you know, in the, in the midst of her canceling, um, they were kind of dropping some of the, um, the figures that she had had uh initially um supposed to be put out so it's hit um and they've also re-released some figures of the the three and three quarters original trilogy collection which is the the modern ones that are still the small ones that have re-hit um gamestop so it seems that either they've had they 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 clearly made the stock it takes a while for stuff to you know get shipped out from china because they put it on a boat I'm guessing they were just like, well, you know, it's already made. It's already in the package. What are we going to do? Burn these? It makes no sense. Just put them out because people had pre-ordered them and shit. So I don't think this is an uncanceling of her. I just think this is a, this is a timing issue more so than anything else. And they didn't want to potentially lose probably a million bucks and at least a million dollars, if not probably more in uh, in product and tooling the, that they did for this. But this is in, this is this. This is just figures. We're talking about what about the episode? The show. Yeah, well, the episode of the show. I mean, I don't know who pushed for that. I know I know Bear Giles went out of his way to um support her and you know put out some supportive text for her. So who knows? Um well, I, I, I want to get my hopes up. I agree with you. I agree with you. We want to res- uh, speculate responsibly, but a lot of the people in the Star Wars universe, meaning the YouTubers and podcasters are coming together and they're trying to put all these pieces of the puzzle together, like amateur conspiracy theorists. And they're saying that 
everything that's coming down the pike, uh, whether it's the Legends books now being re-released, all the ratio of likes and dislikes to the High Republic, the Gina Carano backlash, and now um, effects, aftermath, meaning that her figures are now being restocked. She's getting episodes uh, that were allegedly being canceled, being uh, not canceled anymore, that all these little you know, breadcrumbs are leading to the rumor that Kathleen Kennedy has pissed off the wrong people at Disney and that she's done worn out her welcome and she might be going out the door. Also, the Reddit post that we talked about last week from some anonymous users that try to save face for Kathleen Kennedy. People are saying that Disney wanted to put a halt on Indiana Jones 5 and she went and hired the the actress who played L337 to do rewrites of the script when Disney told her don't hire anybody. And I don't know if this is all accurate information. Um, there's also talks that they did a deep dive in the numbers and that Disney is still in the hole with the Star Wars IP after it's purchased by $30 million. It's not bad. I, I, not bad. It should be. That's That's a big red. That's a big loss right there. Not because it's $30 million, because it's Star Wars. You think after, what, five films, a TV show? Uh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus and owning the brand for eight years, you're still in the hole for $30 million? That's, well, that's listen, When you pay $4.2 billion, uh, I don't know what your turnaround is going to look like, but it can't be a year. Well, I think the issue is that the sequels didn't make as much as the, the episode seven. And the fact that Solo cost so much to make because it was basically two different movies being made with the two different directors mm -hmm. that it didn't make money either. It lost money. So that's a big red stain. Um, so I don't know if this is all true. And I don't like to feed into it. I'm just expressing what I've heard. Do I buy any of it? I don't know. Is there? A, do I think there is a civil war? I don't know if there's a civil war. I think there's. there might be a, a disagreement. We said it before in the past. I think there's two ideas going around what should be done and what needs to be done. Uh, the fact that all this stuff that was not canon and forgotten about is starting to come into fruition again, meaning like the Knights of KOTOR uh, uh, video game being remade. Yep. Um, allegedly, and I didn't want to get too deep into the woods with this because we know Spiro has a big raging boner. Uh, Star Wars Darth Revan is rumored to appear in an up upcoming Disney Plus project. Um, isn't that going to be played by Brie Larson? <laughs> he was pissed. Oh, he was so fucking angry. He was the best. Shout out to Star Wars only for putting that on on Instagram, even though it's an April Fool's joke. We we passed it along to Spiro, not telling him it was an April Fool's joke, and he was pissed. But Spiro, let me get before you listen to this episode and you hit us with the soundbite all the way from Mexico. What are your thoughts of having Brie Larson playing Darth Revan? Fucking no. I swear to God, man, if if Disney does this shit, okay, first of all, Revan is a male, okay? He's always been a fucking male, human male from the outer regions, okay? Who became a fucking Jedi that went to the dark side. I know that these motherfuckers are going to probably retcon a few things because his story, I'll admit, is a little complex. But to turn him into a female just because, you know for whatever social justice fucking bullshit reason. And then on top of that, 
the queen of the fucking social justice movement, that bitch fucking, that cunt cocksucker fucking Brie Larson. Get the fuck out of here. If they do this shit, count me out. I'm done. I'm done with anything related to fucking Star Wars. Okay? Straight up. Mark my fucking words, man. Mark my fucking words. If that bitch is playing Revan, you're going to see me on the goddamn news. Okay? I'm telling you right now. Watch. No surprise there. Shocking. None whatsoever. But according to Hollow Net Marauder podcast, Corey Van Dyke from Kessel Run Transmissions reported that Darth Revan will be making appearances in the Star Wars canon. If you're a fan of the Knights of Old Republic, Darth Revan will be coming back into canon very soon in something Disney Plus related, unquote. Van Dyke noted that there will be a new focus on the Sith in the future lore, beginning with the Alkalite, which is a Leslie Headland uh, mm-hmm. run show on Disney Plus. There's going to be a big push for Sith characters post Mando. That's going to be Disney's big Disney Plus slate, starting with the Acolyte. Unquote. Revan will debut in a hologram, in hologram form in the Acolyte, but will have his own series during the Kator era, which is the Night of Old Republic, K O T O R. Mm-hmm. Uh, thereafter, obviously the timeline won't match up, but I know for sure there is concept art out there of Revan in a hologram which I believe is for the Acolyte, it will kind of tease his own series eventually, unquote. So this sparked a tidal wave on Twitter. Imagine that. Backlash on Twitter. Um, Shocking. What happens is Revan actually started trending on Twitter. I don't know, some dude. I think Nevermore. Used to have a flock in WCW, <laughs> big guy in ECW. Uh, but the reason why he was trending is because Star Wars fans were arguing left and right, and they were doing something called gatekeeping. Now, Doc, are you familiar with the term gatekeeping? Gatekeeping, yeah, sure. Gatekeeping is uh, for the most part when you play soccer and you prevent somebody from scoring a goal on you. Do you know what a part? Okay, you might be right. I have no idea, but gatekeeping. Oh wait, hold on. Gatekeeping was with Rick Rick Moranis axed the uh, the statue when he the horse when he was walking through the Ghostbusters. I am Vince, Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer, Volcus Sildro, our Lord of the Sebulia. Are you the gatekeeper? Hey, he pulls the wagon. I make the deals. You want to ride? Are you the gatekeeper? <laughs> Shout out to Rick Moranis, fellow Greek. Um, all right. What gatekeeping is the following. Certain people started liking Star Wars at a certain point in life. Some were the OT trilogy. Some was the prequel trilogy. Some was the sequel trilogy. Now, gatekeeping is when you have these fans out there who are saying, you're not a real Star Wars fan because you don't like AB3. And since you don't like AB3, you're not a real Star Wars fan. And they're holding their, the fort down for those who are real Star Wars fans in their eyes. And they're shaming those who don't like or don't know as much of the lore as they do. Yeah, I think it's not not just like, it's it's no. So, you know, people were like, oh, who's this Revan person? And then, and then you know, the fans who actually knew Revan got down the throats of the people who uh, did not know who they were. So they were. Yeah, they all were like, 
How dare you? Yeah, exactly. I think Spiro was actually the massive gatekeeper for all this. Um, interestingly enough, I think this is what, you know, our, our, our friend, quotation marks, air quotation marks, Rachel from uh, the Mary Sue was kind of talking about, you know, when she uh, admits to people that she's a Star Wars fan and then she gets like this backlash of people who um, need to feel the need to question her and feel the need to uh, gatekeep on her. So I think this is what, you know, what she was experiencing and she had uh, mentioned to us when we interviewed her. Oh, we interviewed her? Yeah, not that I would, not that she tweeted it, but that's okay. Yeah, not that she mentioned a goddamn thing about the goddamn show. It's okay. Anyway, maybe she's too busy making sandwiches in the kitchen. I don't that's know. That's all right. Whatever. I, I, probably her, unfollowed, her I, probably, I probably unfollowed her on all the social media accounts. Oh, I never followed her to begin with. So You're okay. a smarter man than me, my man. I was trying to make some peace over here, but. Well, listen, Doc, besides making peace, I know something you like to make. Let's. Sure. For all the wrong reasons. But um, I'm not talking about making love for all the wrong reasons. I'm talking about you like to make collections. You like to preserve artifacts. Almost like a historian. Yeah, like Indiana Jones. Yes. We named the dog Indiana. Um, I am pretty sure you're going to be balls deep into this auction coming up. Oh, shit, man. Ugh. Am I wrong? Uh, dude, David Prowse, the state of David Prowse, the legendary actor who played the man in the suit, Darth Vader. There's many, many people that brought Vader to life. He was the imposing figure that brought Darth Vader to life. He died, as we know. And um, his family is now auctioning off all his shit, as, you know, as good families will do that. So they need some dough. So they're taking all his crap and throwing it on, on, on eBay. Um. I think it's it's not Christie's. It's some other auction house. East Bristol Auction. There you go. Of which I've already registered for, by the way. And they're putting out um, a bunch of his uh, signed memorabilia. Memorabilia that was signed from the cast. I saw a photo that Mark Hamill actually um, autographed to him. And it was like, a, it was like, to dad, I'll forever be your son or something like that. Love, you know, Mark Hamill, like Luke Skywalker. Um, but I think one of the more interesting pieces that they're auctioning is uh, an incomplete script from Empire Strikes Back, which is uh, the, the highlight of that is going to be the the I am your father page, because interestingly enough, that does not appear on that script page. It's you know, it's the scene they have it, but they were trying to preserve that secret. So we know Prowse was on set and he was giving the lines. Because you could, you know, hear it on the on, on the kind of like the outtake stuff where he, where he does the lines and it's kind of a little odd. Then they dub James Earl Jones's voice over it, but um, he doesn't say uh, uh, Luke, you know, uh, I, I am your father. He says, uh, "Join me, we'll, you know, we'll be powerful together," or something like that. When that you moment happens, you, please, you've got to read it. Yes. Wait, wait, read it like Darth Vader. I was okay. You want to do the breathing while I'm reading? We can do that. Okay. Vader. Ready? There is no escape. Don't make me destroy you. The Emperor is strong with the Force. But the Force runs strong in the Skywalker line. And together, we will overthrow him. I will complete your training. Sorry, I went off the beat button. And we 
will rule the empire as equals. Then it says Vader puts his sword away. Sword. He holds out his hand sword. to Luke. Luke goes, no. Then Vader says, Luke, we will be the most powerful in the galaxy. You will have everything you can ever want. Do not resist. You it is our destiny. Calm comes over Luke, and he makes a decision. He steps off the platform into space and falls. Then the Dark Lord looks over the platform and sees Luke falling far below. The wind begins to blow at Vader's cape, and the torrent finally forces him back, away from the edge. Yada, 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 yada. And that's, that's the page. That's the infamous scene where he says, No, I am your father. Yes, sir. So. Never happened. Okay. And Mandela. Right. Well, no, yeah. Well, Mandela effect, right? First it was Luke, I'm your father. Now it's no, I'm your father. But according to history, only three people knew the plot twist in the movie. Lucas, Kirshner, and Hamill. And Hamill was only told about it just before they filmed his close-up. Which is great. Which is absolutely fantastic and it will always go down as the greatest plot twist in cinema history, in my opinion. Keeping a kayfabe, baby. Keeping a kayfabe. Of course. Absolutely. I mean, what... What else is up there with this? I mean, the, the you know the the Kaiser Sose thing. I guess I don't know the what's in the box. I guess, uh, but this is like the one. You know, this is this is it. Um, I think it's a great idea they did that. Uh, could you imagine in this world of of uh, of Twitter and social media and all this shit and all these leaks, how that secret would have actually been kept back then? Oh man, I don't even want to think about it. Well, the secret. Well, we've had something similar. Yes, Baby Yoda. Yep, and Luke Skywalker returning, of course. I called that. Come on. Yes, now. yes, sir. You did call that. I'm. I will not deny that. But uh, you know, I don't think that could be pulled off nowadays. I mean, look at Episode Nine. All the leaks that came out, and how ninety percent of it, ninety nine percent of it, was true. Yep. So. Who knows? That's a story for another time. But uh, another article popped up from 2017 with The Guardian with Adam Driver. And Adam Driver was saying his life changed in one huge way after starring in Star Wars, The Force Awakens. I'm sorry. Before you go on with this article, I'm, I'm going to start this off with, oh, I'm famous. <laughs> According to the driver, nobody warned him that his life would change before he signed on to the billion-dollar film franchise. <laughs> Is he retarded? Come on now, sunshine. Like, curious. really? I know. You never go full retard. You're serious? You don't know. <laughs> Everybody knows you never go full retard. What do you mean? Check it out. Dustin Hoffman, Ray Man, look retarded, act retarded. Not retarded. Cat two picks, cheated cards. Autistic. Show. Not retarded. You got Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Slow, yes, retarded, maybe. Braces on his legs. But he charmed the pants off next to him. He won a ping-pong competition. That ain't retarded. And he was a goddamn war hero. Right. You know any retarded war heroes? You went full retard, man. Never go full retard. You don't buy that? Ask Sean Penn, 2001, I am saying. Remember? Went full retard. 
went home empty-handed. So he quotes, for me, the only noticeable difference is your visibility as a person. Loss of anonymity is a big thing. I didn't realize how I would see that in a billion little ways. Here in Star Wars, the largest movie franchise and greatest movie franchise of all time. What do you think was going to happen, especially, especially with everyone chomping at the bits, wanting to see a sequel to the OT trilogy? I mean, did you think like no one's going to realize that he's Kylo Ren? I mean, it's, I don't it's not like He's like five foot one. I mean, the guy's enormous. Well, it's not even that. It's not like he was behind the mask the whole time. You saw his face. Yep. So, like, what did he expect? I don't know. I just thought it was funny that, that they went down this path with this article and they resurfaced. And, and it's like a shocker. Like, this is really what news has come down to. Like, we first it was Obi-Wan has a beard. Look at his beard. He grew back his beard for Obi-Wan. Like, no shit. You didn't think he was going to have a beard? Oh, you got casted in Star Wars. You don't think you're going to be recognized across the world now? You're going to lose your privacy? Like, you know what you signed up for, guy. I don't know. That's just it, it's uh, it kind of blew my mind when I read this. I'm like I almost I almost felt like this is like a troll article. It's like really, dude? Like you didn't know you're gonna get famous? Uh he lives in Brooklyn, actually, if you didn't know that. Does he really? Uh, he does live in Brooklyn, yeah. Uh, I have not run into him yet. I have a roundabout. Is that because idea. of the restraining order? Yeah, exactly. I have a roundabout idea as to where he lives, but uh um unfortunately, uh you know, I'm not stalking the uh, the area constantly. What if but, Daisy Ridley? What, what if Daisy Ridley was over some tea? And oh yeah, uh, that's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be me and 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 and, and Raylo over there. Um, there was a funny thing that he said that he was at some coffee shop or some point and he went outside and there was like a big oh, car yeah. accident and like somebody like pulls up who was sitting there watching this car accident with him. He's like, "Oh shit, it's Kylo Ren. Can I get a photo?" And he was like, "I kind of felt uncomfortable taking this photo." I'm doing my Kylo Ren voice uh, during this, uh, this trying time with a car accident, but I kind of begrudgingly took it and was felt weird after. I was like, dude, just take a fucking photo, man. What is wrong with you? Like, what's wrong with these actors? They're going to be so fucking tortured. You're in the one of the, the, the biggest movie franchise on the face of the fucking planet, and you're complaining about taking a photo. I'm sure the paychecks you fucking catch. You're not complaining when you take fucking photos. Come on, bro. Don't be ridiculous. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. All these prima donna actors out there. They're all a bunch of whiny little, prissy little prima donnas. All of them. They all want to uh, be famous until they get famous. I mean, listen, I've seen Papa Dog, pa Papa Dog, Papa Dog get paid a hot dog for fucking a wrestling match, and then pay fans take photos with him. Trust me, you guys, this is what you want to do, okay? You want to be famous so you can take photos with the fucking populace. I didn't get paid a hot dog. I paid three hot dogs. But anyway, uh, well, I wasn't talking about the one you put in your ass. Oh. Well, I had to feed the gerbil. Anyhow, Boba Fett spinoff gets filming update as Disney Plus show nears post-production. Update on Book of Boba Fett revealing that the spinoff appears to have wrapped production because the sets have been taken down. It is, however, possible that the cameras are still rolling in front of the volume. So, what's your take on this, Mr. Boba Fett, Mark? You gotta finish it at some point. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's a cynic. I love it. We, we, we knew they were filming initially because uh, Tamora Morrison was an interview talking about his uh, his time on the set and now how he's oh, like... I'm know, Mr. Action Man now. Exactly. Yeah. He's Mr. Action Man. See you at Burning Man, Doc. Anyway. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait a minute, you sound like Jimmy T, not, not what's-his-face. Um, <laughs> so we knew this was going to happen. I mean, listen, it's got to finish at some point, which is great. And it's it's about a year away from 
from dropping, right? They said, no, so December, so it's less than a year away. So, I mean, listen, they got to get moving. Yeah, we, we, we got Boba Fett to watch. Let's go, guys. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? <laughs> the book of Boba Fett could give Cad Bean a story he deserves. Ooh, so what do you talk- think about this? I want, I want you to touch base on this. They were talking about Cad Bane and how he would be the perfect person to throw inside of the uh, the book of Boba Fett. Now, the question is, obviously, you know, there was some. Uh, did he die in, in uh, Clone no. Wars? He, he did. It was, okay. so, it was, so was unfinished alive. and it's not canon. So he's still alive. He's still kicking around potentially. Um, and he could show up and give Boba Fett a pretty nasty uh, foil for his um, new plans to take over. The crime syndicate. You know, they talked about how Cad Bane was, you know, Django was the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy at that point, and then Cad Bane took over the mantle of that after um, Django got uh, separated from his uh, head and shoulders. Um, and so it, it, shoulders, it, knees, and toes. Knees you know, it and just toes. it just makes sense. And for me, I think you know if Filoni and Favreau involved in this, we know Robert Rodriguez is involved in this, and he loves action. But better to have him face off against most of the bounty hunters that he is. Now, my only concern is this, is that Marvel is doing a story called The War of the Bounty Hunters, which is coming out this month, uh, sorry, May, which is going to involve Boba facing off against the other bounty hunters in the galaxy, probably some we know, for the, uh, you know, paperweight that is the Han Solo and Carbonite. They're going to have a hard time making the Book of Boba Fett similar to that, but different enough from that. Because if you just rehash the same thing, it's kind of going to be annoying. So that's why potentially I'm worried about the Cad Bane thing not coming to fruition here because um, it may be too much of a, you know, of a rehash of the what Marvel's doing in the comics. Unless they just keep it to Cad Bane and it's him versus Cad Bane. Because Cad Bane now has taken over Tatooine and taken over some crime syndicates there, which I think would be dope. I think that's the way to go. Agreed. I wholeheartedly agree with you, Doc. Um, I'm interested in seeing Cad Bane, though, come to live action. Totally. I think he'd be a, a great addition to the Book of Boba Fett. Um, whether they end up settling their score and just take that scene that they had that was unfinished in, in Clone Wars and bring it to live action and we get to see it, that'd be dope. If not, and they spin around and they bring him around and add more weight to his story and more meat to that bone and maybe they end up being buddies, maybe they end up being enemies. Who knows? But I'm always I'm always down to see Cad Bane because in my opinion behind Boba, he was the second baddest bounty hunter of all time. So that's just my opinion. Agreed. Um, so Bad Batch uh, came out with an updated cast list. I don't know if you want to go through the list real quick. It's not part of you made the list, but um, the people. uh, A list. uh, The people who are part of the cast is D. Bradley Baker. He plays all the clone troopers. Mm -hmm. Um, Who else? Ming Na Wen. She's voicing Panic Shan, right? The article um, also states that uh, Stephen Stanton, friend of the show, our boy playing, playing Admiral Tarkin, which is great. Andrew Cascino playing Saul Guerrero, which is a little disappointing because I was hoping you'd be uh, <laughs> Bagoli. Bagoli, what's his name? Uh, uh, the uh, the, the one eye guy. What's his name? Uh, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. 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 
but it's not. And that was basically it. So not much, not not much from Cineblend that we didn't really not Cinnabun, but Cineblend. And uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I thought Forrest Whitaker would be reprising his role, but I guess not. So it's all right. Too um, who wants to who wants to do cartoons? Uh, for paycheck, I I'd voice cartoons. Would you voice cartoons? You do everything for a paycheck, my friend. Oh, of course, brother. Twenty dollars is twenty dollars. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know who Canon Jarvis is? Canon Jarvis, I do. He's that uh, that guy who does my laundry every week. No, that's sorry, that's uh, Ming Na Wen. Um, he is uh the uh the Jedi that took um. <laughs> you laughing about that one. He's uh, the Jedi that took uh, little, uh, what's his name? Uh, not Anakin Skywalker under his uh, wing during Rebels. Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridger, there you go. The reason I bring him up is because an article just surfaced reporting that he was supposed to die and bite the bullet in season two of Rebels, not season four like he did. Maul was supposed to kill Kanan. Spoiler alert. Maul was supposed to kill uh, Kanan in season two of Rebels. But the higher-ups at Disney said no and asked him to be in every episode of the show. Interestingly, for the actor, which was uh, Freddie Prince Prince Jr., these were the same people who didn't want him to play Kanan at the beginning. So that's kind of ironic. The Lakers beat the Supersonic. Yesterday was a good day. Uh, They wanted him around, so they made him blind instead and kept training uh, Ezra. He eventually died in season four when he made the ultimate sacrifice to make sure that the rest of the ghost crew was able to leave the Imperial Fuel Depot, not Home Depot, following <laughs> the rescue of Hera from Governor Price, who was torturing him. This is one of the most powerful scenes in the whole show. It was only as it was only then that it was explicitly co- confirmed that Kane and Hera were in a romantic relationship. Aside from this manner of death being more impactful, killing Kanan as early as Star Wars Rebel Season 2, could have set up a very different arc for Ezra. The young Padawan at the time had dark side tendencies, and he was losing his master at such a precarious time with Maul, luring him to turn evil, might have led him down the wrong path. Given how and when Kanan ultimately died, Ezra was in a more stable headspace, confident in knowing that he wanted to be a force of good. Pretty interesting. What yeah, do you think? it's uh, the usual. First, they wanted to give uh, Chewbacca pants, and now they didn't want to kill off uh, Kanan. Yeah, it's it's the same thing, you know. It's uh, they they, they change the story is organic, and and they're changing it based on what's what what's what's hitting with the crowd. So, like you know, as you know, in a wrestling match, Papa Don, if you're doing something that's working, keep doing it. It's great, kid. Um, and if it's not working, move on to something else. So they saw Kanan's potential and decided not to kill him, um, which I think is a good thing because uh, he became a pretty uh, pretty solid character for the Rebel crew. Agreed. Agreed. I just think it's ironic. They didn't want him to play Kanan, and then they wanted him to stay. So, you know, I guess it's just one of those things where you don't Should see happen. the trees in the forest until you open up your eyes. You know what I mean? Shit happens. Sith happens. That's right. Matt Lanter. Do you know who he is? He is the guy who does the voice for Anakin Skywalker. Anakin! Anakin! 
Am I right? Recently, Was I wrong? Yes, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. He recently did an interview with Edub, and he says that Anakin Skywalker will return in live action form by way of Hayden Christensen in the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. But Matt Lanter says the character also will be returning in animation. He goes, and this is a quote, there are some new Lucasfilm animation going on. I've been a part of some things I can't talk about yet. You'll see Anakin again, Lanter promises. I'm, I never quit putting Anakin down, whether I'm doing a video game or something new for Lucasfilm animation. What do you think? Great. I mean, it, it makes sense for them to keep the guys who uh, have brought these characters to life. So it keeps things uh, in the same frame of mind for us. So listen, Matt, as much as you want to do it, knock yourself out, big guy. Remember when we were talking about, well, first off, did you, are you reading the Darth Vader comic book that came out? Uh, currently, I, I, am, I am not yet, okay. uh, but I do able, have them. Okay, so do you want me to go into what happens with issue number 11? Yes. You don't mind the spoilers, Doc? No. Yeah. So, Darth Vader ends up on Exegol. And he challenges Palpatine. And he tells Palpatine, I am no longer your apprentice. Palpatine kind of laughs it off. Like, yeah, okay, sunshine. Go get your fucking shine box. Salute, Tommy. No more shines, Billy. What? I said no more shines. Maybe you didn't hear about it. You've been away a long time. They didn't go up there and tell you. Okay. I don't shine shoes anymore. Relax, will you, for crying out? What's, what's got into you? I'm breaking your balls a little bit, that's all. I'm only kidding with you. Sometimes I mean, you don't sound like you're kidding. You know, there's a lot of people around. I mean, I'm only kidding with you. We're having a party. I mean, I just came home. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I'm breaking your balls, and you're right away you're getting fucking fresh. I'm sorry. I don't mean right. to offend you. I'm sorry, too. It's okay. No problem. Okay, salute. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking hey, mutt! Tommy, you! Tommy, you Tommy, fucking Tommy, piece Tommy, of shit! Tommy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Say, come on! All of a sudden... Palpatine walks into the Sith Pyramid, where we saw in Episode 9, and he sees all the clones in the tubes, in the comic. And all the clones look like Snoke, right? Just like they did in the movie. But lo and behold, another deadly episode. You know what they're cloning all these Stratocasts from? Luke's hand. Really? Swear to Christ. Star Wars comics on, on YouTube dropped it like an 11 minute video today talking about it. It's only half the comic. He didn't go into the second half, so I don't know what happened. But I want to see how now pissed off Vader is at uh, Palpatine. But when Return of the Jedi starts, he's back in good yeah, graces. They're all, and they're all cool side. again. So I want to see what went down. But the fact that now he's making these force clones of Snoke from the hand, which is not, all right, it's a right hand in a jar, a severed right hand, mm. right? Caucasian white, white male hand. It could be anybody's. But really, why would it be anybody's except Luke's? You know what I'm saying? Clearly. It's not confirmed, but... Why do we get this in a goddamn comic book from Marvel Comics? Why don't we see this on, on, on in the movie? You know what I mean? 
Like, how dope would it have been? Who Snoke? Who Snoke? Who Snoke? Who Snoke? Snoke is Luke, a clone of Luke. That's you know what I mean? Kind of crazy. Yeah. How crazy would it have been? It would have, <sighs> and in, in, the, in the final showdown, it could have been Luke versus evil Luke. Luke versus Luke. L U U K. No, no, no. We don't need to do the extra fucking you. All I'm just saying is just the premise is there and they fucking botched it. They put in a goddamn comic book. Yeah, well, this is the problem. This is the problem when you don't think about things ahead of time and then you have, you know, really good writers like Rick, like Greg Pack, who's writing that, 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 that series, throw ideas out to Lucasfilm. And they're like, oh, okay, that sounds great. Um, so interesting. It's over mm. with me anyway. It's over with you, eh? Is it over? And with speaking. Me? Oh, you stole oh, my oh. spot, right, you bastard! <laughs> you want to do it? Go ahead, do it. No, no, it's fine. You got it. No, no, no. Go ahead. You just do it. You cheapened it already. You already gave me the Canadian destroyer. Well, we'll kick out at one and hit me with a super kick, and I'll no sell it. We'll keep moving. <laughs> as long as I'm slapping. As long and as I'm speaking slapping of life. over. <laughs> You're slapping like, listen, I, I don't want to be uh, the second person of real town, okay? Listen, I'm the governor of real time. I man. know you are. I know you popped for that. I did. Please. I'm not a citizen of Leg Slap City. Anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we do an, a segment here called Who's More Over? Now, what does this mean? Over in wrestling means popular. So when you're a good guy wrestler, you're a baby face, you get over with the fans, you're popular with them, they'll pay a lot of scuttle to come see you wrestle and kick the crap out of the villain. When you're the villain wrestler, you're known as a heel. And when you're the heel and you get over as a heel, people loathe you. They detest you. They'll pay a lot of scuttle to come see you get your ass kicked by the baby face. So what we do here on the New Force Order, we don't put two people in a wrestling ring and have them fight. No. We compare two aspects of Star Wars. It could be a person, place, or thing. doesn't necessarily matter. And we see what's more over with you, the fans, all six of you. But most importantly, what's more over with us. So, Doc. Enlighten the Scruffy Nerf Herders. And speaking of Scruffy Nerf Herders, there was an original script that came out of Rogue One showing um, nerfs being herded. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyway, I'm glad that we didn't see that nonsense. Um, let them know what's on the marquee. This week on uh, Who's Moreover, we uh, get a little, a little nasty, a little dirty by putting two trios Against each other. We got a six-man tag popping on. It's going to be Han, Luke, and Leia from the OT Trilogy. Steve Arbitz, you have a really wonderful idea. What an incredible smell you've discovered. Let's get out of here. Get away from there. No, wait. You forget it! I already tried it! It's magnetically sealed! Put that thing away! You're gonna get us all killed! Absolutely, your worship. Look, I had everything under control until you let us down here. You know, it's not gonna take them long to figure out what happened to us. It could be worse. It's worse. There's something alive in here. That's your imagination. Something just moved past my leg. Look! Did you see that? What? 
versus Padme, Anakin, and Anakin. Obi-Wan from the prequel trilogy. I was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message. I retransmitted it just as you would request it, Master. Then we decided to come and rescue you. Good job. I've got a bad feeling about this. Just relax, concentrate. What about Padme? She seems to be on top of things. So, Doc, do what you do best, like in your college days. Hop on those poles. All right. So, uh, I'm I'm gonna ask you, Papa Don. What do what do you, what do you think? Uh, think of results of this week, eh? Hey, what are you Canadian? Hey, hey. Um, uh, hey, uh, Papa Don. Uh, oh, yo, yo. Oh. <laughs> Crikey. Um, I'm gonna say the OT. Is over on the polls. So you would think that that was the case, but in reality, it's not. What? 75% to 25%. Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme. Wow. On the Facebook polls are over. We'll go to Instagram in a second, but let me read you some comments here. Okay. Go ahead. I'm, I'm surprised. Todd Santiago Berrios, aka Chuchi the Chuchmeister. Chuchi, get not, the air, Chuchi. Not an easy who's more over this week, that's for sure. But going with Annie, Padme, and Obi. If Leia had become a Jedi knight, then I would change my mind. NFO for life. Uh, Holly Garland throws up a uh, a gif of uh, one of my favorites of Count Dooku that says, or twice the pride, double the fall as she votes for the prequel trilogy people. Let us go to the Insta Grizzle for Shizzle, my nizzle. Okay, this time I this week I remembered to put it up there. Okay, despite the fact that you know I was jet setting as usual, limousine flying, uh, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. Who's Lizzie? Lizzie. Well, that's uh, what happened this week. Anyway, ooh, interestingly enough, on Instagram, OT sixty seven to thirty three percent over the uh, the prequels. So it looks like there may be a tie this week. I don't know, man. That was pretty freaking sketchy. But interesting nonetheless. Well, this was a good battle. Um, I thought it was going to be close, and it is close. So, no surprise. Tough choice, in my opinion. But, ladies and gentlemen, regarding this segment or any other segments that we do on this show, you guys can send us an email and let us know what's up. It's uh, newforceorder at yahoo.com. 
You want to tell us how awesome we are, how much you love us. You want to tell us how shitty we are, how much you hate us. Whatever. Let's interact. Newforceorder at yahoo.com. So our first email comes from fan number four, a.k.a. bum 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 Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller. Happy end of April, fellas. Right off the bat, GGP, as much as I appreciate you saying I was your friend from England last week, got to correct you, Sally. Sadly, as I am from the much less exciting Canada. You, uncle fucker, you. Doc, can you run a quick CT scan on your co-host? That CTE is starting to concern me. Nah, I'm I got. I'm, do, I'm doing a longitudinal experiment to see how stupid he can get. I who me? Yes, you. I don't get stupid, bro. <laughs> I get angry. <laughs> I don't but get my, stupid. I give stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's Gamora? I do you one better. When's Gamora? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I got to stick up for my pals from the prequels because they're probably getting smoked this week. So here goes. While obviously not as iconic as the original three, Obi-Wan and Anakin are a dynamic duo that carried an entire trilogy. So much so that an entire generation is ecstatic to see them return in the Kenobi series. And as for Padme, come on, guys. In Spiro's voice, come on, guys. It's Natalie Portman and her... Geonosis outfit might just squeak by Slave Leia by a parsec. Prequel trilogy over strong. Have a great week, fellas. I like how he inter- interacts all the, the, the Star Wars lingo into the email. That was very clever. That also may be a good who's more over. Uh, who's more sexier, Slave Leia or uh, Midriff Padme? That's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Justin Moxley, NFO for life. John Moxley's a cousin, apparently. Probably. Sup, fuckers. It's been a while since I emailed in, and GGP did cut a fantastic promo on my last email a couple of months back. I always cut a good promo there, Sunshine. Best promo in the game. Since I've recovered, I have returned. Han, Leia, and Luke are definitely more over this week. The prequel films I enjoyed, but the OG OG films are just too much a part of my childhood to turn back on them. Okay? Next one. B-ass master dust or bass master dust or bass master dust, whatever you prefer. Who is more over? Dusty Mulholland says, hi, NFO, and thank you for a little N, capital F, little O, dust. It's the little things that matter. You hear that a lot, Doc. Some might say (laughs) that's a close race, but let's be serious. Is this even a question? Han, Leia, and Luke are always going to be way more over than anyone in Star Wars. Those three are the money makers. Obi-Wan is pretty damn cool in the prequels, and Anakin had a few moments too. This week, the OT crew is over. Okay? Next email is from the 88th homeboy, and it's titled The Swerve. All right. So let's see where he goes. Honestly, and now... Doc, I want you to look at the font he puts in this thing. Can you see it? I can't see it at all, no. All right, it's huge. Well, this is a bright screen. Honestly, at first glance, I thought this is going to be easy. 
Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia all day, twice on Sundays. But Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, and Padme. For me, I think the best Jedi ever was Obi-Wan in the movies. He was, he was such a badass, and so was Anakin Skywalker, so I'm going to choose the latter. P.S. Sorry, Doc, for spoiling the death of Qui-Gon Jinn. Ha, 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 P.P.S. Check out the rise and fall of Homeboy 88 when the NFO is featured heavily. Peace out, homeboys. All right. Well, Let's there you have it. Over there. I listen, I listen to that, and he, may, he talks about you a lot, Papa Don. Who? Homeboy 88. On what? On his podcast. He has a podcast? He does. I don't listen to that shit. <laughs> yeah. oh, what do you think? I'm fucking Spiro? No mark out for the fans? No thanks. Um, love you, Spiro, but seriously. Uh, all right, Doc. You want, who talks first? I talk first. You talk first? It's hard to uh, hear with that thing on your face. Let's, let's let Spiro talk first. How about that? All right. We'll, we'll, we'll let age go before beauty. So, Spiro... What's more over for you, the OT crew or the PT crew? So which of the three amigos is more over? Which of the, you know, which, which of these two the trios? Um, You know, I love Obi-Wan. I even like Anakin, especially when he started going over to the dark side. I fucking Padme, come on, man. You know, I mean... Jesus Christ, man. I mean, um, but on the other side, you got, I mean, the the original three amigos of the three amigos, man. I mean, if if you, you know, it's, fuck, man, you know, fucking Padme, man. Come on. I mean, Padme alone, you would think would, you know, kind of sway me more to that side. But I got to go with, with the original three amigos of Luke, Leia, and Han. I mean, come on, man. The fact that we didn't see that trio in the sequel trilogy, really fucking, I don't know, man. I think Disney fucked up there, you know? And they know it. They know it because the fans have let them know it. But anyways, I'm going to go with the original trio of Luke, Leia, and Han, guys. Very interesting. Very interesting take by the Sith Lord. Um... If you want Doc, I'll go first. Go for it. I'm going to pick the OT crew. Um, and it's only an eyelash away. To me, they are the holy trinity of Star Wars. Meaning that even though this first six films of the story of Anakin Skywalker Anakin, um, and his rise and fall and the fact that Kenobi's intertwined with the rise and fall, none of that would have been possible if the chemistry, the connection, and the great acting, all the crazy dialogue that they had to say between uh, Marky Mark Hamill, uh, Han Solo, a.k.a. Uh, Harrison Ford, and... Uh, the original badass uh, Carrie Fisher existed. So without them, there wouldn't be a pattern made. There wouldn't be an Anakin and Kenobi trio. So that's why I'm going to go with the OT crew. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, they're a 10. 
the Padme, Kenobi, Anakin crew is a 9.9. So they just won by an eyelash, but that's not, that's Star Wars, man. That's the Holy yeah. Trinity. So to me, that's that's like he said, like the, one of the other emails said, it's my childhood. It's what I grew up on. As much as I love episode three, as much as I love Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen, I think they did the fantastic jobs. And I think the chemistry between them is awesome. I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to go with the original trailer, the the original OT crew. That's yeah, just me. So not a bad pick. Um, and uh, no one can blame you for that. So here's how I'm, here's how I'm attacking it. Okay, the OT crew is obviously has a special place in any Star Wars fan's heart that grew up in this in the age that we grew up in. They were our heroes. They were the ones that we were rooting for. They were the ones that we were worried about. The ones that we played when we were outside with our friends. And emulated and collected figures and stickers and cards and books and all that stuff for. Um, and I think what, you know, their, their ultimate, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Their ultimate uh, storyline ended in happiness for them. You know, if you don't look at the sequel, if you don't look at the sequel stuff, I'm just talking OT stuff right now. Luke defeated his father, brought him back to the to the light side. Han Solo got the girl. They they lived happily ever after. Princess Leia became a massive leader inside the rebellion. And there, you know, they 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 went on to live happily ever after until we saw the sequels. Which is great. Um if you look at the Obi-Wan Anakin Padme trio there, um all three fantastic characters i really think you know there's some issues with episode one which i'm sure we'll talk about later in uh you just made the list um but anakin despite his anakin. as acting at times hating christian said i thought was a great character i thought really brought what needed to be brought in that role obi-wan you can't say good enough good things about obi-wan but their their story as opposed to ending in winning and ending in happiness and ending in victory ends in absolute tragedy with um, one of them dying, one of them frying, and one of them lying. <laughs> so Well fucking played. You're welcome. I just thought of that on the spot, by the way. Um, which, for me, for some reason, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because of the job I picked in life. I, I always tend to lean towards the tragedies and th and the stories that involve tragedy, because I don't know if it makes me feel better about myself. It's, my my life's not that bad, um, but th th you know that tragic ending between these three, who had did they have as much interaction as the original trilogy three together? Probably, I would say they probably did. Um, I just liked where the arc that the three of them went together with and then ended up with after a little bit more than the OT trilogy. For me, it's going to be the PT on this one. Wow. I didn't see that coming, to be honest with you. I figured you'd be gush-gushing over Luke all day long. Well, I see your point of view. Can't argue with it. Uh, great, great facts and um, great points that you made regarding your pick. So, Ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, Who's More Over. Next week, we'll give you a new topic. Send us an email, newforceorder at yahoo.com, so we can uh, debate and articulate, so we can lie, fry, and die, like, 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 uh, like Doc said.
Um, Doc, I got a question to ask you, and I've been wanting to ask you this all week. Shoot. And even though you were in Miami, I didn't want to bother you as you were putting that 12-inch Cubano in your mouth after you ate the sandwich, that is. Um, <laughs> uh, why is Darth Vader confused that Obi-Wan's Kenobi's body disappeared in episode four? Um, I think it's probably for the same reasons that uh, we talked about last week when we spoke, when we did a certain point of view. Um, it was a, a trick that uh, I don't think Vader ever seen before because um, he's probably killed a lot of Jedis and none of them disappeared. And we know that uh, Qui-Gon apparently had, was trying to master this uh, little trick. Master. As well, master, as well as Yoda. So um, Anakin had never seen it before. And he was concerned that was, you know, why did I put my saber to this guy? And he didn't stick around like all the other Jabroni Jedis I killed during all the 66. Um, but again, does this lead itself to what we talked about last week, where Obi-Wan became one with the force and actually was not struck down, but was actually forced out? You are... Once again, spot on. Um, maybe because you read the article, or maybe that you're just very intelligent on top of being very good looking. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to check that out from a certain point of view in, in a future date, whether you're on point because of your good looks and your brains, or just because you read, unlike Sparrow, you actually read the articles. Oh. <laughs> but yes, you are correct. Um, Darth Vader didn't know what the hell hit him uh, when he disappeared. It's a trick only learned by the Jedi, um, not by the Sith. Uh, there's certain powers only Sith can do. There's certain certain powers Jedi's can do. And this is obviously a long forgotten um, practice and a skill. Uh, I have a particular set of skills um, that was rediscovered by Qui Gon and obviously brought into the light light when he reached out via voice um, through WhatsApp in the Force. <laughs> to Yoda and then Yoda broke it down to Kenobi says look training I got for you while you're in isolation uh, and you're done clapping those um, twilight cheeks twilight cheeks <laughs> after getting drunk at the cantina <laughs> I love you I love you old man Kenobi get out of here <laughs> oh man but yeah very interesting article uh, and you know what else what I found interesting why? It was finally revealed why Lando was wearing Han's clothes at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Do you want to touch this with a 10-foot pole or you want me to touch it? <laughs> go, go so stupid. Go for it. <laughs> uh, there was a clip brought to you. And we'll add the clip as we talk about this. A video clip from a host at a uh, some kind of Comic-Con and uh, whatever. 2011 or whatever the case may be or whatever it was sometime in the past that explained it but there was basically came down to three different explanations why lando is rocking han's clothes at the end of empire strikes back number one as lando and the gang had to head to the falcon in a rush on bespin it's pretty reasonable to assume that he wouldn't have time to pack a change of clothes additionally the millennium falcon was seemingly han solo and chewbacca's home so it's safe to assume that he'd have a wardrobe on the ship. 
which we saw in Solo with all the capes when Kira was yeah. trying it on. And when we, we say he had a wardrobe, we meant Han because it was his ship now. Therefore, Lionel took the clothes and wore them, number one, out of necessity. Here's the second reason. The host claimed, and um, I just mean the host that the video clip would be of, the design was made by costume designer John Mallow, who said that it didn't mean anything. There was no meaning, no rhyme, no reason to it. So basically, get off my lawn, you fucking nerds. Yeah. Um, get out of your parents' basements. Yes. Put down the Cheetos. And the third reason, the host suggested that Hans get up is part of the Karelian Corps uniform. Williams added that the character was a general suggesting that this may be why Lando wears the uniform in the scene. Furthermore, the book Star Wars Made Easy shared, and I quote, it's been suggested that the outfit is a remnant of a flight uniform, and so a natural choice of any pilot. But really, what better way for the filmmakers to suggest that Han is really gone than to set Lando up as his replacement, complete with his ship and his fashion sense. So they're saying it could have been a subliminal swerve by the people in the powers to be to make you think that Han really is out of the picture. Uh, play uh, Matt, do us a favor, play the clip right now of the guy from explaining all this. It's about a minute voice clip, video clip, whatever. And uh, go ahead, put it in right now. Every show, I'm surprised it's not on YouTube yet. <laughs> Is anyone actually videotaping? Yes. Um, do you want the real answer or the fake answer? The real answer is costume designer John Mollo decided to put him in the same clothes as Harrison. Didn't mean anything. They were actually sized differently. The fan answer, or the, the universe answer, is it's actually part of the Caribbean core group. If you look at Han Solo's pants, he's got those red marks on him and stuff. It's from an old, extinct, like, army, basically. So it's the same, same uniforms. Yeah, we're all in the army. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I started out as uh, Steve Wynn, only uh, Las Vegas. Only to join the army to become a, I guess I was a general, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should start a new rumor that um, you left all your clothes on Cloud City because you had to get out of there so fast, and Khan <laughs> had plenty of clothes on the Falcon. How's that work for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. That's my new answer. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Doc, what do you think? <laughs> I think. Uh, I always thought it was weird that Lando was dressing like Han Solo at the end, at the end of Empire Strikes Back for no apparent reason. Like, why would he pull off that pimp outfit and, and put on Han's old clothes? It just makes no sense. It was one of those weird decisions of Star Wars that they did that kind of was like, okay, whatever. It was two seconds. They uh, probably didn't need to do it. But I guess, you know, maybe he shat his pants when Vader grabbed him by the throat. And then when he was dipping out of there, he's like, oh, let me get out of these shitty pants. And <laughs> and then uh, wipe his ass with a cape, maybe. He's like, oh, fuck this cape. I hated it anyway. Um, either way, that's whatever. You know, I was really... It's funny you say that. Because as I'm reading this during the week, I said to myself, first thing I said, oh, he probably shit himself when Chewbacca was choking him. He was going, Han, Han, we could say... You know what I mean? Like, 
obviously they didn't say that, but it wouldn't be too far fetched that he pooped himself because Chewbacca was choking the shit out of him. Of I mean, I know some girls that pay extra for that, but that's a story for another time. Light choking. Uh, Light choking. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Um, Star Wars, Vader rejected Palpatine as master before the return of the Jedi. That's what we were just talking about. Uh, episode, uh, episode, uh, issue 11 of the new Vader comic. Uh, it's a very interesting issue. I want to know where they're going to go with it. Uh, we'll get more in depth as I find out, considering that I don't buy the comics, I can't really deep dive into it right now. Uh, but they're adding a lot of levels of humanity to Vader. I don't know if that's good or that's bad. Um, I personally would have liked to seen this play out on the big screen or the small screen. Mm-hmm. I think this would have been badass. We get to see my next goal and all this stuff. But again, we get to see it in a book. Speaking of shitty books, let's talk about the High Republic. You want to talk about the High Republic? Sure. Why not? Right? It's Star Wars. What's better than Star Wars? More Star Wars. <laughs> you know, so. Okay, your your voice. <laughs> okay, Pooh. Um, one new character proves there's more than dark side and light side. A new Jedi reveals alternate paths of Force users, and the reasons for their de- hard departure from the Order might be hinted at an earlier Star Wars work. Ty Yorick left the Order as a Padawan and became a monster hunter. Wolfman has nards. <laughs> Maybe tied to Dooku leaving the order. In an interview with StarWars.com, Scott revealed that she might be connected with the events that hinted at his audio drama Dooku La- uh, Jedi Lost. The drama chronicles Count Dooku's life when he was a Padawan and explains his fall to the dark side. In an early scene from Dooku's childhood, Yoda explains the collections of Bronzium bust depicting the lost Jedi masters who left the order. I think they're called the Lost Twenty. Well, I, lost tw- his- I lost the Twenty Ones too, but it was inside a stripper's thong. <laughs> nice. Do you want the lad dance? Does we done you, Doc? While some of these masters fell to the dark side, others just told Joe's different paths. After Yoda leaves the room with other initiates, uh, initiates, Dooku and his friend Sifo Dias remain behind. Sifo Dias questions whether. There's a bust of Keyless, uh, I'm sorry, Cleus Terradin, a Padawan who's, according to legend, left the Jedi Order during the High Republic era. Sifo Dias found Terradin's journal and discovered that Terradin found his way into the Bogan Collection, otherwise known as the Archive of Forbidden Artifacts, which held, which held Sith relics. Duko and, uh, Dooku and Sifo Dias sneak into the Bogan collection themselves, and Dooku begins having dark visions of, of a creature, the Tirataka. And he lashes. Pork tacos? Yes, pork tacos. Uh... <laughs> I heard you're the motorboat champion of Lake Titicaca. Anyway, <laughs> I got a t shirt that says that. Um, and he lashes out with the force at the vision. Injuring Sifo Dias in the process, the two are caught, and the Jedi Lean Costana later reveals that she planted the journal in the Initiate's quarters to try to prepare the Padawans for a Sith uprising that Yoda is skeptical will come. So basically, this chick, 
Ty Yorick, who's now a monster hunter, and she'll be a, a big part of the second wave of the High Republic. And they're dwelling on the fact that there's more options between light side and dark side. You can become a monster hunter, go fight Wolfman, because Wolfman has Nards. Kick him in the Nards. Wolfman ain't got no Nards. Anyway. You know what I gotta say to that? Good for you. <laughs> oh, good for you. And how was it? I hope it was fucking good because it's useless now, isn't it? More fucking High Republic fucking shenanigans these guys are doing. Was that good uh, for you? Was that good for you? Supposed to be Christian Bale? Exactly. <laughs> Which I'm inserting in there. Don't worry. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. It's just like, come on. Come on. Monster Hunters? What is this? Van Helsing in Star Wars? These guys are just fucking reaching for straws now. Rock. Monster Hunters. <laughs> fucking rock. Dude. Fucking bullshits. I don't know, man. I don't know. My head is hurting. Do you think do you think there's a chance that when the person who takes over Kathleen Kennedy's position makes the High Republic not canon? Dude, can, they, get, they get they get revenized? And like, you remember all that High Republic shit? Uh, well, don't count. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Massive uh, book burn. Uh, Ahsoka Tano. There was an interesting article. It says Ahsoka Tano. Hey, hit. listen. Wait, 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 wait. Do we have a topic for a certain point of view? Because if we don't, that should be the topic for a certain point of view. Well, I had two that I put in here. One was... Uh, one. Uh, all right, we could do three things, okay? Trifecta here. We could do three topics for a certain point of no, view. No, we gotta or, save. We're gonna save. Or, them. or, or. Now I sound like a goddamn seal. Or, or, or. We can uh, pick one topic here, and here this is what I had for you. Tell me. The reason behind the smile by Kenobi in A New Hope when he's dueling with Vader. That was topic number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's two reasons why could he's smiling. So it all depends on which point of view you're looking at it, right? He shed his pens. Who foiled? I, I guess I should have brought more the pens with me on this Death Star. <laughs> Who foiled Palpatine's plans the most for Kylo Ren? I like that and one. I, that was Ray that Luke or Han? That was the other one I wanted to use. Or we could do the Ahsoka Tana one that we're about to mention. I, I want to do this one. For a certain point of view? Yes. So you want to save the other two for another time? Yes. All right. So to do the intro then. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, on this segment of the New Force Order, it's called From a Certain Point of View from that really shitty line that Obi-Wan Kenobi gives Luke Skywalker when he sits on the log and not on his regular log uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi. When uh, Luke says to him, you tell me, my Obi. You tell me, Vader killed my father. He goes, "When your father turned to the dark side, the young Padawan known as Anakin Skywalker died, and Darth Vader was born." So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. You told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. 
a certain point of view. It's when we take a line, a scene, a portion of Star Wars that at some point meant something to you. Then, or maybe it meant no- nothing to you then, but when new information comes out, you think about things a little bit more. You really pontificate on the scene that you watched. It may be different to you now from a certain point of view. So, ladies and gentlemen, the topic that Doc is salivating to get into <laughs> is, is hookers. Yes. Twilight, no, I'm kidding. Um, Ahsoka. Could Ahsoka Tano continue the Skywalker legacy better than the sequel to trilogy? So, Doc, since you were very adamant about this, why don't you start off and explain to them how, why, when, what are we talking about, and from what point of view are you touching this from? Okay, so from a certain point of view, Ahsoka Tano. The Jedi are evil. Ahsoka Tano. From a certain point of view, Ahsoka Tano is more of a Skywalker than uh, the Mary Sue, a.k.a. Ray, who decided to become a Skywalker at the end of the sequel trilogy. Now, my name's Ray, Ray Skywalker. Let's go down that pathway. Let's go down that pathway. Um, And why? Okay, so let's talk about Ray for a second. Ray got a very limited schooling from luke skywalker okay we know she was a palpatine we know she has palpatine blood running through her veins this is evidently clear by the uh you know by the time we get to the rise of skywalker she meets luke skywalker who says to her no thanks kid i'm out but then she you know is up his ass for a few weeks it seems like a few weeks probably we have no idea how long she was actually on octu with him um and then at some point begrudgingly he agrees to train her after he you know she chases him around the whole island like an idiot drinking blue milk and all that jazz. Uh, green milk. She gets trained for what seems to be like, I don't know, a hot 30 seconds because he gives her three lessons but doesn't give her the third. Makes a lot of sense. So her interaction with Luke physically lasted maybe pop. What do you think? A month? Less than a month? Probably less than a month. Probably two weeks. Who knows? Not even. Right? Um... And then she sees him again when he sits uh, on Octu again, when she throws a saber into the fire. She gives him a little pep talk, gives him the books, and then dips out. That lasted less than a day, right? That lasted 15 minutes, 15 minute conversation. So, how does she grant that she spent more time with Leia, which I didn't really think about this when we were kind of like kicking this in, where Leia was training her and doing things for her and getting her up to the, you know, really being her master as a Jedi. Master. Um, and Leia was a Skywalker. You know, she is a Solo, but she was a Skywalker. So maybe you can kind of have some credence based upon that as to she wanted to kind of drag that there. But in reality, the person who learned the most, you know, and sat under the learning tree of Anakin Skywalker was his own Padawan, Snips, a.k.a. Ahsoka Tano, who was with him for what seemed to be a few years. Um, they don't give us an exact timeline from when the Clone Wars movie started, where we introduced her, to when we don't see her at the end of um, the Clone Wars uh, season seven. But she definitely um, learned more from a Skywalker, was 
close to Luke Skywalker. I would say, you know, just like Anakin and um and Obi Wan were brothers. You know, you and my brother Anakin. Uh, Anakin and and Ahsoka were actually probably like siblings as well, like brother and sister, because that's the relationship that they kind of had with each other when it came to their playful back and forth banter and their care for each other and all that stuff. Um, so because Ahsoka spent more time really learning how to become a Jedi, and you know, as we all know, our masters shape who we become, our mentors shape who we become as a person, as a as a worker as a professional wrestler, as a physician, as a movie maker, as whatever you want to be in life, you know, it's your mentors who shape you into those things. Um, and hopefully having a good mentor will actually make that uh, a good process and, and make you into a, a good, whatever you want to be. Um, so she would be the one to really take over the Skywalker legacy and have a better, a better hold on that than actually Ray would uh, because of that interaction that she had with Anakin for that length of time. When I read this article, and I read the headline at first, I kind of did a Scooby-Doo. I went, oh? Then I went balls deep into the article and read it. and oh, That's what she said. Yeah. And I liked it. Basically, this entire article, if you want to sum it down into one sentence, is that when the story has better connective tissue... The story will always 10 out of 10 times be better. And the fact that Ahsoka being trained by Anakin, like you said, like a big brother, little sister relationship. She she started her relationship with Anakin guided her character growth. She started off as annoying teen uh, snippy brat. Who was in the order. She ended up being a beloved. Sacred. Realistic. And actually true to the code. Jedi. Now this all transpired over the course. Of X amount of years. But it's mainly due to the influence. Of Anakin Skywalker. He molded her. He shaped her. And we saw evidence of this. Where certain scenarios happened in the Clone Wars and Anakin teaches her a lesson. Then later on down the road in the Clone Wars, she's in a scenario very similar to where that lesson she learned comes to fruition. And she drops knowledge on somebody else and realizes it. Now, there was one other factor that I kind of read in the article that made me go, huh. Now is that. Uh, they were talking about the situation with Grogu. How she did not want to train him because she sensed the attachment. That the attachment would lead to fear of loss. And fear leads to the dark side. She says it's, she's seen it happen with the best of the Jedi. Meaning Anakin Skywalker. Anakin! And she refuses to train him. Now, same token, a couple episodes later in the same season, we see Luke take Yoda under his wing. I'm going to take this baby. Right? He needs the guidance. Ahsoka didn't take him because she was fearful 
of the ramifications that the connection he had with Dinjarin may come into play and lead him down the dark path. She sensed the fear of him as an infant and says, nah, you know, not for me. <laughs> I'm good. You know, bye, Felicia. <laughs> right? Luke comes in. No reservations about taking Baby Yoda to train him. As he's going to rebuild the Jedi Order. Uh, you know, this is all after the fall of the Empire and all that stuff. Um, but is it Luke being Luke Skywalker? Is that the hubris he was talking about in Episode 8? When he was like, everyone came to me because I'm Luke Skywalker, you know? And he was talking about hubris and the hubris of the Jedi Order during the Clone Wars and how they let Darth Sidious rise to power because of their hubris and all this stuff. Well, same situation could come into play with him in, in Grogu. But also, let's play let's 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 uh, play double advocate here. He didn't know we led Anakin to the dark side. He didn't know about the fear and and the fear of loss and connection that Anakin had because he didn't know Anakin. He only knew him as Vader. Yeah, for a very brief period of time. For, as well, exactly. Right? So, basically, what this article was stating. And I hate saying the word basically because I sound like one of these uh, millennials who well, use basically. that word all the time. Um, the fact that even though he needed guidance, she declined to, to train him because of the, of the fear factor shows how mature she is and how much of a Jedi and in tune with the force she truly is because of the Star Wars. I mean, because of the Skywalker teachings. And that that legacy of Skywalkerness, if that's even a word, mm. is coursing through her veins. It's in her headcanon, if you will, but not so much Luke, because he wasn't aware. So I can see where this is coming into fruition, and I agree. I think Ahsoka Tano, if the Skywalker legacy was going to continue, not the name, but the legacy, the teachings, everything. That, that makes the Skywalkers who they are, I think she would be the one to be the heir apparent to the throne and continue that legacy going, as opposed to Rey. I think Rey is just right place, right time, and that's basically it. She hasn't earned her keep, in my opinion. Well, I mean, she's a powerful Jedi, we get that, but, you know, she's yeah, a but Skywalker. <laughs> no, the problem is she started off at a level 10. She finished at a level 10. Ahsoka started off at like a level 2. Ended at a level 10. So we got to see character growth. We grew with her. And through her experiences and her stories, we also matured alongside her. With Rey, she started being the best ever. She ended up being the best ever. You're the best. All right. Nothing gonna bring the world around. You're the best. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's from a certain point of view. Do you guys feel that Ray is a better Skywalker or a better who pass heir, on the Skywalker heir, legacy? Heir, heir to the Skywalker, Skywalker legacy. Thank you. Or do you think Ahsoka, even though she's not inclined or in line to be a Skywalker, she, because of who she is or who she became, she's a better heir to the Skywalker legacy? Doc and I say Ahsoka. 
Let us know what you think. Send us an email. But the million-dollar question goes to the dark side user in the room. Spiro, what's your take? Do you think Ray from the sequel trilogy, your favorite Star Wars era, or Ahsoka Tana is a better heir to the legacy of the Skywalker clan? Um, You know what? Honestly, I don't think that we really needed Ahsoka to to be the Skywalker legacy, although I do feel like maybe she has a little more right to it, you know? Um, but again, you know, Ahsoka would be somebody who would, you know, probably want to carve her own path. I mean, the reason, the only reason why fucking Rey became Rey Skywalker is because I think she was ashamed of her lineage. I think she, you know, she, she wanted to, to erase that name, you know, listen, just like Leia faced backlash throughout the fucking galaxy because her father was Darth Vader. I mean, you know, who wants to fucking go around as the, the fucking granddaughter, fucking the biggest piece of shit in all the fucking Star Wars, not, not named Ryan Johnson. Okay. So yeah, I don't think Ray would want to go into a canteen and be like, hi, my name is Ray. Palpatine. I mean, you know, come on. So, um, you know, it would have been better if, if they actually had somebody from the Skywalker bloodline, like, you know, like Luke's child, maybe, or, or somebody else, you know, but to have this bitch come and, you know, not even, not even be adopted and shit just say yeah you know what um my my name is fucking skywalker i'm a skywalker now you know uh, nothing against ray i think she's a, a cool character i think they could have done a lot more more with her but believe it or not i don't think she's a mary sue but i don't think either of them and i love ahsoka tano i don't think I, either of them did deserve that shit okay well said there my friend even though you're a part of the dark side of the force, you do have some knowledge, even though you didn't go to college, or maybe you did. I don't know. I was just rhyming words. I'm losing my mind. But we also have another segment here, Doc, that we, we do, do on the show. We do. Yeah, I think we do, right? We do. Yeah, 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 we do. We ain't got no much, much else to talk about, so I think it's time we uh, drop some lists because I think it's time we all made the list right about now. What's the segment called? You just made the list. You just made the list. And this is where we deep dive into the lists of Star Wars lore. And we go through these lists and we give you guys our opinion, whether a yay or nay or what we think. So do you want me to go first, Doc, or you want to go first? Who goes first? Uh, you go first. Um, I go first. Um, how, how about I do uh, this little list over here that I got? It's called 10 Strongest Female Characters Ranked. All right. This is going to be a fun one. You want to know why? Is it a sandwich making contest? <laughs> I want extra baloney on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, Doc. Extra baloney, Doc. Doc. Extra baloney, Doc. I want to see your baloney, Doc. I'm burning mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, did I say that out loud? Sorry. I didn't really mean to say that out loud. Here we go. Top 10 strongest females. <laughs> Jin Erso, number 10, sacrificed herself to help the rebellion and stop the Death Star. The darling of Rogue One. The very beautiful uh, Felicity, uh, whatever her name is. Jones. Um, Jones. There you go. She can Jones me any day. 
Uh, number nine, which I disagree with this position, despite the fact that it's my favorite number. Uh, Padme Amidala was a powerful queen and skilled rebellion fighter. So it was odd that they put Padme so far down that list uh, that she would be landing at number nine. Number eight, Bo-Katan was chosen by Sabine Wren as the next leader of Mandalore. Now, she didn't earn that fucking Darksaber, but that's beside the point. So Sabine is higher than um, Padme Amidala. Number I'm seven. Sorry, you said she didn't earn the dark saber, and all that popped into my mind yeah. was the picture of that guy in March, the meme. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Black dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bur- right. Bernie. Barry, Barry's his Barry. Barry. I don't fucking know his name, dude. He's, he's dead. Rest in peace, Barry. Okay, number seven, which I just a massive disagreement over here, but that's beside the point. Um, Princess Leia Organa Solo was a four powerful force user and leader of the rebellion at number coming in at number she seven. Should, she'd be number one. Padme should be number two. Coming in at number seven. Number uh, six. Saz Ventris was a Domathrian night sister who trained as a Sith. Okay, so maybe they're talking about power as in power, not like greatest characters, maybe. Now we're selling me on this a little bit more, I guess. All right, who's number five? Five. Mara Jade Skywalker was a highly trained assassin. Before it was a Jedi Master. She's also not canon. And I don't know why she's on this list. Moving up the list to number four. Brie Larson is Revan. No, I'm, no, Nomi Sunrider. Does that name ring a bell to you, Papa Don? Nomi Sunrider? Yeah. No. Wait a minute. She was a trick. Tristan Indesi? No, she was the chick who got pregnant in high school. She's back. Nomi Sunrider was the legendary Jedi Master who ended the Great Sith War. So, Dark Horse Comics, Tales of the Jedi, which was a very long-standing Dark Horse comic. Not canon. Um, like the Sin of Barbershop. Next. Not canon. Exactly. I, I knew of Nomi. Uh, but again, not canon. Number hey, three Nomi, on... Nomi. How yeah. about that? Number three on this list is... Uh, goes out to uh, 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 John in Alabama. He wants to send his love, Becky Sue, this song... That really reminds them of... I'm doing my uh, Dick Clark, sorry. That was uh, Dick Clark? Yes. <laughs> He's dead, by the way. So, uh, Jaina Solo was a skilled pilot She's and force user canon. known as the Sword of the Jedi. Again, right, next. not canon. Number Marvelous. two. Number two, Ahsoka Tano. Okay. Survived Order 66, continued her fight against the Empire. And then number one, the right. most powerful woman in the galaxy. Kathleen Kennedy. My ex-wife for making me pay her so much money for eight years. Uh, it's Ray. Untrained Jedi, but super powerful. Makes her the most powerful person with a vagina in the Star Wars universe. This is such a horrible list. I just, anyway. said, it was a good list. I just said it was a list, buddy. Okay. Whatever. Um, next, Revenge good. of the Sith. The five funniest and five saddest scenes. The reason I'm doing this is because it's one of my favorite movies. So let's go. Number 10, funniest. How did this happen? We're smarter than this. Talking about when they're rescuing Chancellor Palpatine in the beginning of the film. And they get caught in a, uh, what was it, Ray Shield? No. Yes, it was one of those things where they where they get nailed and then they get trapped. 
And yeah, oh, yeah, they get like a little bubble. We're smarter than this. Number nine, saddest. Count Dooku realizes Palpatine used him. That look he gives when he says, very good, Anakin. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him now. Good, Anakin. Good. <laughs> Kill him. Kill him now. Do it. Uh, yeah, that look he gives him, like you motherfucker. <laughs> He's just like, what? He goes, he, he, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> <That's the best. laughs> I wish you guys could see that. Doc's face was spot on right there. Number eight, funniest. R two D two defeats two super battle droids alone. Funny with the oil slick and the fire with the jets. Funny scene. Number seven, saddest. The great Jedi purge, aka. Order 66. That music they played during that fucking scene, though, does hit you in the feels. So, yeah, I can see why. Um, funniest. Hello there. Which has become a running joke in my house. Uh, I grab my wife's phone when she's not looking, and I do, hello there. And then I pan the, the, the phone away and then back on me, and I go, General Kenobi. And the she kids do it, that. too. Oh, she hates it. Of course. Um, saddest. Uh, when uh, Yoda says, mm, failed I have, and he bounces out of dodge after he gets, he loses his battle to uh, Palpatine. I don't know if that's, a, I wouldn't say that's the saddest, but I don't know. Funniest. Oh, I, I, <laughs> what do you say? I, I was going to say something else, but what now, I'm gonna say, now I'm going to say, unlimited power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Not because even the not the unlimited power part is the after effect when he does that. He's such an <laughs> he's such an over actor. It's the best. I love it. I love it. Too. Oh god, saddest. Anakin and Obi-Wan's climatic, climactic showdown. That's pretty sad. It is sad. The whole scene from start to finish is an epic encounter and one of the greatest moments in Star Wars history, in my opinion. It never fails to get but, me in the feels. Same here. But what hits me even harder in the feels is when... Anakin and Obi-Wan say goodbye to each other for the last time before they see each other on Mustafar when they're leaving to go on their separate missions. And he apologizes for him like losing control in front of the the, the Jedi Council. And then he's like, Anakin, you've become a better Jedi than I can ever be. And then he goes, goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. At that time, you don't realize he's saying goodbye to him forever. But now when you look at it in retrospect, and that could be said even from a certain point of view, we can use it as a certain topic. It hits me even harder because you know, you know what's going to happen. That's and it. it hurts. Hey. Number two, funniest. Funniest, when Anakin kills a bunch of kids. No, when Obi-Wan kills uh, Grievous with a blaster and he goes, so, so uncivilized. So uncivilized. Number one, saddest. 
Palpatine tells Vader he killed Padme. No. And that's another thing we can hear from a certain point of view too, but I digress. Anyway, so yeah, those are those are uh, five funny, five saddest scenes from Revenge of the Sith. That worked. Oh, my up next? Sorry, hold on. Yeah, do you agree? Disagree? Anything you want to add? Uh, you know, I, said, I, th- I would say a saddest moment was when Anakin killed them fucking kids. Boy, that was some legit shit. Yeah, they didn't show it, though. I know. Still, it's the, the implication of it was pretty fucking nasty. Okay, let's you know, see. You know, hold on. You know what else is a fucking... Even though it's, it's, it's a scene within the scene, when he yells out, I hate you! And he's burning up. Dude, I hate you in the feels... You were my brother, Anakin. You were oh. my brother, Anakin. Okay. I loved you. Top 10 most iconic weapons in Star Wars. I gave you a reach around. Right. Top 10 most iconic weapons in Star Wars ranked. So we're looking at iconic weapons. All right, here we go. Ready? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, number 10. Boba Fett's E4 carbine rifle. Now, I think they just put this in here just because it's Boba Fett, because... Who who did he shoot with that fucking thing? Nobody. Maybe Amperu and Uncle Bo and at some point, but uh, otherwise, not nobody fantastic. Uh, number nine, the cross guard lightsaber, which is uh, you know uh, used by Kylo Ren, as well as some other jabroni in the Knights of the Over- uh, of the, of the uh, High Republic. Number eight, the DLT nineteen heavy blaster rifle wielded by the stormtroopers. Uh, how is that a powerful weapon if they've never shot anybody? In the history of the movies, with that thing, okay, not true. Who they shoot with it? Um, Huck shot some fucking body with it. That's about it. Episode seven, they shot uh, uh, what's his name? Poe Dameron's uh, X-wing. He couldn't go anywhere. I think I think more uh, more more uh, rebels killed people with that blaster than a uh, stormtrooper. Listen. These these blast shots are too precise to be sand people. That's right. These are stormtrooper shots. Biggest according to all the rest. <laughs> Chirrut Imwe's staff, number seven. Um, right. yeah. They're talking about his penis or his staff? I'm not so sure. Oh. Uh, number nine, number six, Luke Skywalker's Return of the Jedi lightsaber. So his green lightsaber falls in a number six. Oh, uh, this is a saber that, not, that, that, that ripped off uh, Vader's hand. That killed a ton of dark troopers, um, and then plenty of other things we probably didn't see. Um, I'm not buying that one. Darth Maul's double bladed lightsaber hits number five. Okay. Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber hits number four. Anakin. Right. Mace Windu's lightsaber hits number three. Really? What did Mace purple? do with that lightsaber? It's purple. Nothing. Chopped off someone's head. Uh, nonsense. Off with his head. Chewbacca's bowcaster is number two. Okay. Powerful weapon, I agree. Is it power more powerful than a lightsaber? No. And then number one, Han Solo's Blastec DL44 is the most powerful weapon. Yeah. In the, I, what? What are they talking about? So uncivilized. Another shit. Sorry. Another most uh, most iconic weapons, right? So do you think? Okay, iconic maybe. Do you think Han Solo's lightsaber is more iconic than Darth Vader's lightsaber? No. It's craziness. I agree. You know, I agree. You know why? Because it's fucking screen rant. <laughs> Fuck the screen. Fuck that rant of the screen. Um, okay. Let's see. Ten ways Phantom Menace undermined Darth Vader's legacy. So let's see what it says here. Number one. That yippee by Anakin Skywalker. 
I don't think it undermined Vader. He's a kid. kid. Leave him alone. That whole building three C, uh, 3PO thing. Uh, we went into this. How he wants to, you know, we from a certain point of view, it looks like he built them up to be a companion during the adventures he wanted to have in the galaxy with his mom. Uh, leave him alone. <laughs> leave him alone. He's a kid, man. The bad pickup lines with Padme. Are you an angel? Come on, those are great. <laughs> are you a rhinoceros? <laughs> trying to get that space pussy. Uh, can I clap them cheeks? Um, he's way too well adjusted for someone in his circumstances. Meaning that he was born into slavery, yet he's too comfortable being Watto's hired help. You know what all I mean? He knows, man. That's all he knows. What else do you want the kid to do? He seemed more lucky than skilled. I, I don't know about that. Good any day of the week, baby. He's a mama's boy. Okay, but he means he left his mother. He's so hopeful, or I'm sorry, he's so helpful. Um, when Yoda senses his fear rather than his anger, he's a little kid. Why would he have any anger? I don't understand. And he just got yanked away from his his mother. So he's not going to be afraid. Come on, guys. Kid bashing over here. Number two, his role in the Battle of Naboo couldn't have been better. Now, this is pod racing. Uh, uh, number one, there's little to no edge to him. He's a fucking kid. I don't get these articles. This one. No, it, it makes no sense. This one was a particularly painful one. I'm going to dovetail in an equally particularly painful one right now. How's that? Well, hold on. Before we dovetail on anything. Tell me. Let's let's touch base on a deleted scene from episode one between him and Greedo. Did you know about the scene? I actually did know about the scene. Um, so did I. I thought it was actually in the movie. No, I, I knew it wasn't in the movie. I remember seeing it, I think, on the deleted scene reel, and that's why Maybe I remember that's it so why much. I it was in the movie, yeah. He gets into a fight with Greedo and you know the, the Indian guy, what's his name? Uh, Ned Wed Ed, what I don't know, some shit. Apu is there. From, uh, Apu, yeah, from the Simpsons. Um, is there and Anakin's ready to like, you know, give Greedo the beat, and then Qui-Gon rolls in the door, pulls him off Greedo, because Greedo was um, implying that Anakin had cheated at, to win the pod race. And, you know, um, Qui-Gon gives him some sage advice about, because he thinks it's true, does it mean that it's true? Some shit like that. And Anakin goes, oh, you know, I'm a person, my name is Anakin. And then he leaves. <laughs> and then um, Kitster, K- Kitster was the guy, the, 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 the Indian, Indian guy's name. And he told Greedo, he said, you know, you, that, that attitude of yours is going to get you in trouble one day. And Greedo, like, you know, flipped him off and walked away. And then we all know what happened to Greedo in the end. That attitude. The clunky. The clunky <laughs> his ass. That's right. Kicking anyway. the doorway on the fourth floor. Qui-Gon screaming, don't hit Anakin no more. Don't hit Anakin. Okay. Um, my list. Ten ways Rise of Skywalker. Let yes! Down. I didn't want to do this one. <laughs> and I left the Han Solo one for you. Character down. Uh, okay, so the black guy gets let down, of course. Number ten is our white pussy. Yeah, uh, his arc. Well, we'll talk about that. His arc becomes wrapped up in rays. He wishes he was wrapped up in rays. So uh, apparently, you know, they drop his arc and they wrap his arc up in ray, which we complained about. I think as fans, the fact that the big trio weren't together, you know, barely ever in the first two movies, and we needed to see them together. We need to see Pitt, uh, Finn, Poe, and Ray. Together, like Luke, Han, and Leia were, like uh, Adam, uh, Anakin, Padme, and, and Obi Wan were. So, Anakin. 
There's a reason why they were wrapped up together. Finn and Poe become mildly antagonistic and keep secrets. So I thought this was funny. Um, fans saw the obvious romantic chemistry between them and ran with I it. I hate that. I'm sorry. I hate that. Why, why can't two guys just be good friends? Why do if they, if, you know what I'm saying? Just because they hit it off, like you and I hit it off. Doesn't mean that we want to sleep with each other. No. Well, you We're tried, motherfucker. No, I did not try because I don't fail. If I tried, <laughs> I would baptize you Greek and you would like it. Oh, but, God. <laughs> you, you, that's exactly what you'd be saying. Oh, God. Uh, for at least 30 seconds, at least. Um, <laughs> anyhow. Um, yeah. I don't understand I don't, this. I don't think Disney was ever going that way. Like, well, the even fans... if they weren't, I didn't pick up on that vibe. I don't no. understand why people are saying this. The game is jacket. He's, he's, they they, they didn't want to go in the back and plow some. Uh, Oh man! And so the fact they, that the rumor that JJ was wanted—I just like, come on, guys, that we don't need sexuality in Star Wars. It's for kids. Anyway, go on. Finn was trained as a stormtrooper, but barely fights. We saw, you know, in the first movie, him kick some ass, and then he kind of like dips away and doesn't really do much of it. He watches Chewbacca get captured and doesn't really help Ray when it came to uh, uh, helping her out and getting him back. Number seven, he often defers to Ray instead of being a leader to his own in his own right. Well, that's because she's the star of the movie. Finn is captured by stormtroopers, but doesn't even escape on his own merit. Why? Because Hux has to save them. Uh, that was just part of the turn, guys. You know, we got to deal with it. Five, Ray pushes Finn away, ignoring his genuine friendship. Um, I don't think he really wanted to be a friend. I think he wanted to be a friend with uh, some uh, some Benny's. Four, Finn gives up too quickly because things sound too dangerous. So they're calling him a pussy. All right. Don't want to fight. Ray wants to keep moving forward. Uh, that's all part of that. Yeah, nonsense. Okay. Uh, there are more stormtroopers that have defected, but they barely get any screen time. Um, my assumption was that they were going to tail out Finn into his own series before uh, Boyega opened his mouth and blew it off for Star Wars. Number two. Finn continuously causes unnecessary problems for other characters. One example they give is that, you know, he jumps onto the wreckage of the Death Star and tries to distract, get, you know, raise attention while she's fighting Kylo and almost gets her uh, defeated by him until she throws him away from, from all the fighting. In the end, Finn does almost nothing except be mildly force sensitive, of which Ray completely ignores him throughout the whole movie. Bad booking 101, I agree. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. A lot of... Nah, mm, a, lot of this, a lot of this, I'm looking at this from a different point of view, from a new set of eyes. A lot of these male characters in the sequel trilogy were written in a way where they get... Uh, they, they get pushed to the side for everything else. Not even that. They get they get what's the right word? Broken down or uh chopped down so they can raise up Ray and the female. You know what I mean? And you know, you can still build up your female characters without breaking down or busting down your male characters. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to make them look like deadbeat dads or useless former stormtroopers or Hot shot pilots who don't know what they're doing, you know what I mean, and, and disgruntled former Jedi's in order to make Ray the star of the the 
you know, star of the sequel trilogy. Um, originally, when people would say that, I'm like, nah, you're out of your, you're out of your fucking mind. You don't know what you're talking about. But the more and more I'm deep diving into these and looking this, all these little subliminal tropes. There's some, there's some merit to some of this now. So it's, it's weird. I don't know. Um, anyhow, agreed. agreed. Ten ways Han Solo's story could have played out differently. Let's see where this goes. Number ten. He could have gone with Kira. No, that couldn't have happened. She left him. Number nine. He could have been killed by Chewbacca. Okay, if they, maybe. He could have appeared in Revenge of the Sith. Initially, he was supposed to be on Kashyyyk as an, an adopted kid. And then they, they, they changed that last minute. Thank God. Um, he could have quit the Rebel Alliance. Could have. Um, his, but he wanted that ass, so that's what it's all about. His carbonite freeze could have gone wrong. Well, could have. We actually, actually may see that in the uh, in the um, Boba Fett series for the Marvel comics. He could have been eaten by the Sarlacc pit. I don't see why that would happen, considering he's a big movie star at the time. He could have died before the Force Awakens. Well, if uh, Harrison Ford had his way, yeah, he would have. He could have lost Leia to Luke. That's just creepy. Yeah, well, yeah. He could have he could have been Ray's father. That still would have been better than the Palpatine storyline. True that. Um, he could have lost Kylo Ren forever. Okay. Anyway, next. These are horrible lists this week. Yeah, I think that's all we got, by the way. No Star Wars powers only Sith can use. Oh, let me no. just run this. Run it. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Mind tricks. Used by both. both. Yeah, yeah. I guess they can probe the mind to get information like Kylo did. Um, Bolt of Hatred. The Suda Wituska. Whatever the hell. The ancient Sith technique. That sounds spicy. Force choke. Cool. Force drain. Cool. Possession. Uh, possible through the use of magic. I guess they're talking through the Dark Sisters. Uh, the Night Sisters, I'm sorry. Dark Illusion, we've seen in Rebels. Pop and Dean doing some Dark Illusions. Focused Rage. Um, I guess that's what saved Maul's life. The Force Scream? Dude, that one was the worst one out of all of them. Force Lightning? Okay. That's Wait, you, you have to go back on Force Scream. That's where Vader goes. Or you see it like all the 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 um. Oh, the, the things uh, the things exploding and breaking. It, it, it's that's not a Force power. That's, that's just not him a... fucking using the Force to kind of crush things because he's angry. The Force Scream. What a bullshit is that? It's a lot of bullshit. A lot, a lot of bullshit. Um. All right, I guess that's uh, that's it for uh, you made the list. Uh, since we're not going to go down these other topics, we'll see them for a future full, uh, from a certain point of view. You got anything else you want to add, Doc? Um, what else do I want to add? I got a got a bunch of uh, Star Wars stuff this week. Um, some of the Black Series stuff for the Bad Batch is hitting stores, which is going to be perfect to timing when it comes to the Bad Batch show. So I got my. Um, my um, Hunter and I got uh, who's the other jabroni? Um, one of Shawn the, Michaels. No, 
uh, crosshairs in the mail, but the uh, there's like an elite stormtrooper clone trooper nonsense, and I got a Sabine Wren as well from the Mandalorian. But that's about it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, I guess we're gonna wrap it up, and I never wrap it up. That's why I have 37 kids. But Spiro, let them know where you can find you at. Yeah, man, it's been great. But you can also find me every Friday on the on the Rational Rage podcast on the Rational Rage Network. The show's gone through a bit of an evolution. It's no more anger-filled rant fest about politics because that shit just does no good to anybody's soul. It just divides us all. So now it's just a show where people come on, they hang out, we have a few drinks, and we talk about anything. Uh, on Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiridon. That's it, guys. Doc, your turn. My turn. Uh, you can find me at Dr. Dr. Underscore Destroyo, D E S T R R O Y O Instagram, Alex Royo MD on Twitter, Alex Royo on Facebook. And remember, you can watch me on CNN still on demand, CNN Special Report. Watch my blue steel as I talk about the truth about vaccines. Blue steel and sex appeal brought Every to you day. by the NFL. Every day. Um, you can find me at Greek God Papadon on Twitter and on Instagram. Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. And again, if you friend request me and you're a fan of the show, tell me you're an NFL fan and I'll accept. You can go to my Pro Wrestling Tea store and get your Greek God Papadon t-shirts. Pro Wrestling Tea slash Greek God Papadon. Go to my YouTube page where you can see my wrestling matches and my promos. The YouTube page is Greek God Papadon. Subscribe to it. Hit the notification bell. Like the videos. Comment, etc., etc. But most importantly, you can find the three of us together at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter, New Force Order on Instagram, official New Force Order on Facebook, and New Force Order at Yahoo.com is the email address. Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully we entertained you this week. Hopefully we enlightened you with some news and our opinions of said news and topics and lore from a galaxy far, far away. I know I had a good time. Doc, you had a good time? Always, baby. Always. That's baby. right. Um, so thank you for giving us the opportunity to sit down and talk to you about a galaxy far, far away, something that we love very much. Uh, we will never try to get ourselves over on Star Wars. We will continue to try to get Star Wars more over with you, the fans, all six of you guys. Uh, this has been another exciting edition of the New Force Order. For life. And that's just too sweet. Henceforth, execute order and absolutely. Like my father before me. They'll do their job well. I'll guarantee that.
and my father before me. <laughs> 